is Team Light. It'll be just myself and Chris on the show today. Marty is out playing with Pew Pews, and Jim is off doing wargaming, I believe. So today we're going to talk about what makes a great war game. Uh, we'll probably review a little bit of news. Uh, I'll probably cheat a little bit and just go off our feed on our Facebook page, and we can talk about what we see. And again, we're going to talk about what makes a great war game, and we'd love to hear from you out in the audience. So get ready in three, two. You are listening to the Citrep Podcast, your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it. All right, we are back. Welcome, everybody, to the show. And with me is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, and looks like our early winner of being here today is Tiger Shadow. Hey, welcome. So, all right. As we like to historically start the show, uh, Chris, what have you been up to in the world of wargaming? Well... Uh, nothing. I know that's a shock, but, uh, I'm getting ready to, uh, move again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Dennis has joined the show. Welcome, Dennis. Welcome. Well, Chris, it does not shock or surprise me. Uh, well, thanks for adding content moving. to the show. Uh, all right, guys, that was the show. All right. We'll see you next week. No, yep. just kidding. Um, so what have I been working on? Well, there will be. Uh, it was supposed to be last Wednesday, but thankfully Marty was able to do a hobby stream. But I will be doing an unboxing of the Rubicon model for uh, the Huey. Uh, did I put a picture in here? Let me see. I can add it real quick. Um, and it looks pretty amazing. There's a lot of uh, different setups you can do with this uh, model. and um, one of them is just the standard troop carrier. You have the um, medevac or dust off. And I believe you have a weapons platform you can put on there as well. Yep. So we shall see. Having trouble loading up, but um, that's all right. Uh, anyway, so there it is. Okay, I will show it right now. And I'm going to shrink everybody down. There it is, Chris. Watch out. Watch out, Chris. Watch out. I'm going to turn Chris off for a second. Bing. Turn my thermos. All right. There's the Huey. Okay. All right. Cool. Hide that. All right. So moving on. Let me bring the chat back up here. Okay. So what? besides that, um, for hobby-wise, I'm also going to be doing a video on paintbrush comparison i backed a kickstarter and let me see if i can bring that kickstarter up while i'm talking about it um about some kalinsky sable brushes um and in that it was i think reasonably priced for what i got let me bring it oh come on now 
Are you going to get some uh, Optimus Prime or whatever they're called? Oh, the Opus, Artis Opus? Yeah. Love to get some of those. Um, but they are rather pricey, which is fine. Um, well, you need them for a comparison, of course. Right? So let me share my page with you. Don't, don't tell Don I said that, though. Right? So Chrome tab, Kickstarter, share. All right. So this is uh, all of my back projects. As you can see. So I bought this set right here. Um, the Kalinsky Sable and Wolf Bristle Brushes. Okay. And I paid an absorbent amount of money for this, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Let me bring up the campaign. So as you see, I did the all-in painting pack. Surprised anyone? Not really. I uh, got the Kalinsky Sable Brush set, a Wolf bristle brush set, a handmade dice set, which are pretty cool. They're nothing special. A D&D &D adventure PDF and STL files and whatever stretch goals. I don't even remember what the stretch I only wanted the brushes, but anyway, uh, I'll be reviewing those because I have some other Kalinsky Sable brushes and um, we can go from there and see if they're really worth. Basically, it's the old uh, show theme of I spend my money so you don't have to on crap. Uh, so we'll say, is it crap or not? So stop sharing that. Be working on that. And then, as well as that, Chris, we have to talk about a different item, a project that we'll be working on. And I'll bring it up. Do you see that, Chris? Yes, I do. All right. So Sacred Podcasts, Other Realms. This will be our secondary channel. And in this channel, we'll be talking about everything outside of historical wargaming. So Lord of the Rings, uh, Dawn is getting back into Malifaux, which is a really great game. Uh, skirmish, steampunky fantasy or uh, genre. Uh, uses a great card mechanic uh, to cheat fate. So that'll be awesome as well. Let me get rid of that. Um, go back to the chat here. So. News-wise, let me go back to here. Let me bring up our Facebook page because our uh, Facebook media guy does an excellent job of updating our stuff. Mr. Long. Mr. Long, the Canadian representation of the podcast. Hey. And let me uh, share this screen real quick as we go into the news of what's new in the world of miniature wargaming all right so we should all be able to see that all right so first things knuckle Duck, knuckle duster uh just got done with little wars uh so they figured out their shipping issue which is good uh hassle-free minis i'm not even going to talk about um anybody who's ever done business with hassle-free minis they seem to have the worst luck and um are always having some health issue or something come up where it it stops production or shipment of minis. So just be wary of that. Uh, Battle Group Bagrachan, I think that's how you say it, uh, is doing a new book. Um, so if you're into the Eastern Front from 44 or so, you can get a look at that. All right. Anzac Cup's on the way. 
Well, that's down south for our friends down in the, uh, down, land down under. Uh, looks like they're going to have some Heresy, 40K, Flames of War, Infinity, Star Wars. All the, all the typical ones going to be out there. Chris, speaking of uh, Star Wars, do you see that Shatterpoint stuff? Did you guys get a look at that at uh, Depicon? We did. We did not get a chance to uh, do the demo. We wanted to, yeah. but uh, tickets went fast and furious. I bet. They just released the rules. Um, the, as, the minis as a look free great. PDF. Uh-huh. And I think uh, they are they pre-colored and assembled, or do you have to paint them? Eh, I didn't get that far. We were gotcha. we were bugging the uh, the people who were helping with the demos. Yeah. We were bugging them while they were working. So, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, if you're into Blood Red Skies, they now have released the Wing Commander Compendium. Uh, Led Pursuit Podcast uh, have our coverage of that. Um, Is that Lead Pursuit or Lead? Yes. I go with either. It yeah. applies both. And then our good old friend, Joseph McCullough, who it created Frostbury, Stargrave, Oathmark, and Silver Bayonet, among others, uh, was at, oh, is today Salute? No, it Salute's next week. Um, but, yeah. If you check out some of those stuff, that's good. Sally Forth is really turning up the terrain, I tell you what. Uh, here, let me look through these. So, it just looks like some badgers. And, uh, was that burrows and badgers? Uh, but look at that terrain. Very nice. Really nice table. So, let me check. Yeah, Marty real... will be happy with that. Yep. Uh, Dennis says Malifaux is pretty cool. I'll just get it started. Uh, just started getting all the books for the latest version. Only a few left to grab. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I noticed they went to faction books and everything instead of an all-in-one. Um, I play the guild. Dawn is an arcanist. I love Perdita. Perdita, Ortega, and, and, and come on. What's there not to like about a dual pistol-wielding chick who can just kick ass? It's pretty cool. All right. Moving along. So that's Sally Forth. Sally Forth makes a pretty good terrain. They really stepped up to get. Now our old friends at Black Tight Studio. Look at that. Nice. So they're coming along with some really nice terrain. I'll be honest with you, they've really stepped up and filled the niche yeah. since um, our friends at Foreground, you know, stopped really producing pre-colored terrain. This Northwood Asylum would be really good for Arkham or Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So that looks really good. It's already and got then the our asylum Rubicon, What's that? It's already got the name Asylum in it, so. Right. And then Rubicon Models does excellent work as always so we got some german infantry if you're looking to you know spruce up some uh diorama or put some in a vehicle or whatnot so good on them and then zulu hut oh boy <laughs> i wonder if these are stl files i have just finished so let me uh, see if I can find it while you're looking at that. There's a book that I just finished uh, reading, listening to. I did it as an audiobook. It's not Sorks. I didn't know you could read. Right? Let's see here. Excuse me. Uh, 
Uh, it was this book. I'm going to share a different page with you guys. Do, 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 do. So as you can see, I got it as an audiobook. Um, excellent book. Holy cow, is this book in depth? It is so in depth, it's it's silly. They, they literally have an appendium or appendix, and they list every single person who fought at Rourke's Drift, their enlistment date, what unit they went into, uh, if they got any awards, whatnot. I mean, every single one. They literally tell you where they enlisted at what age and everything. It It is a very in-depth book about Rourke's Drift. The actual battle only covers like a couple chapters in the book, and everything else is all the background all the research it's an amazing book it's a really they talk about how everybody got their victoria cross where they got it you know the politics behind it everything it was such a good book i could not recommend it enough if you like that period of history and you're really interested in it if you're looking just for a quick story about rourke's drift this is definitely not the book for you um incredible book incredible book uh, i can't i think it Took them 21 hours to read the book, I think. Um, I listened to it. I can't remember. But it sounds about right. But I actually would like to get the actual paperback I might, or hardcover. I might order that uh, just to have a copy. But the audiobook, very well done. A ton of information. ton of information. All right. Let me stop sharing that page. And we'll continue on with the news. And then we'll get on to our other topic here. All right. There we go. So Zulu Huts, that's cool. I'll have to look into that. Uh, uh, so are getting the wolf on? Uh, you know what? I looked at it the other. I'll, I'll probably order it this week because I already have Victoria's Cross. I have the game that they made those minis for. Oh, uh, you know okay. what, Chris? Now that you that, let me bring that for people. Wolf on games. Wolf on games. All right. Let me change over to the other tab, because Chris did this. So he's taking me down the rabbit hole. Look at that. Okay. So, Woe Fun Games, board games, they make acrylic miniatures, standees. Um, and they actually make now, let me get out of all that crap. So oh. you can see the Napoleonic Collection, Seven Years Warder Start. They have a fantasy this is really up Chris's alley because you don't have to do anything. It's not a you don't have to assemble anything. Nothing has to be painted. Uh, Wild West, Trafalgar, the Civil War. Um, let me go. The, the Civil share. War we saw at uh, Adepticon, and it they were they were awesome. They were beautiful. Well, let's look at some Zoas. So let's see. Look at those. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, you know, if that if that's your gig, here's a Confederate cavalry. So, yeah. But the uh, Rourke's Drift is nice because it, it's got the uh, scenery too. Oh, where is? It's under Victoria Cross, I believe. Is it? I don't see it there. Civil War, Napoleonic. Oh, they don't have it in alphabetical order. Renaissance, Civil War, the War of the Roses. So you can get them for just about any time period. I mean, and it's not terribly expensive. 
you know, Gallic Wars, Antiquity, Unicorn Wars. Why is it not showing up? Weird. Uh, All right. We'll just go here. Here it is, right here. Yeah. Victoria Cross <laughs> 2. Look at that. Look at that. Let's see if we can get it. Uh, so you get the whole building's scenery. I have the game board because that is the Victoria Cross 2 game board. I have the game. So, I mean, look at that. You have the redoubt and everything. Seems like we get the same picture here. So, yeah, if you want to just throw these up. Um, and some of these are, you know, like that's Bromhead or right there or Shard. That might be Bromhead or Shard. I can't tell which one that's supposed to be. But, you know, you've got uh, the commissaries. Those are the guys in the blues right there. Um, you know, you got soldier. That's probably Color Sergeant Bourne right there. Who I still to this day cannot understand why he did not win the Victoria Cross. But I guess they just didn't think he did as amazing job as other guys did. Uh, so you get the redoubt, you get the corral, you get the hospital, you get the stores. Um, just an amazing set to really add some life to the game board of Victoria Cross. That's really cool. Really I think cool. there's also more information farther down below. Yeah, there is. Um, so it, this is what you it get. So, you know, this is the Zulu counters, and then this is the diorama miniatures. So, you know, you get cavalry, infantry, which is funny because, well, see, if you see this, this, so Pauline and Durnford were not at Rourke's Drift. They were at Islandwana, which is on the other side of this game board. Yep, and so it, you can it play does mention that. But yeah, you can play the Battle of Islandwana on the backside. And play Rourke's Drift on on the other side. So I Vic, that's why I backed Victoria Cross because the Zulu War, those two battles in particular, have always been of great interest to me. So all right, let's go back to Facebook, finish up some news here. But they do tell uh, you they mentioned in their in those descriptions that everything you need to play both battles are in the kit. Exactly. So there's that. Um, Wargaming the Eastern Front. Uh, Empress Miniatures always does a fine job. So we're looking at some Vietnam guys. Yeah. Some uh, NVAs. So em Empress You're not Miniatures sharing. getting into some... I'm not sharing. Oh, sorry, guys. My bad. Tuffy well, Ears is here. Yeah. Sorry, Tuffy Ears. Marty is out playing poop pew-pews today. With All right, big I'm back sharing. So there's some nice Vietnam uh, NVAs. And then tell him, 10 millimeter little ninja painting guy. I don't know. You're um, still, it might be Freudian, but you're still on Victoria Cross. Am I? Yep. Oh, you know what? You're right. I probably am. Hold on. Well, that's the only thing that really counts in this world. <laughs> Let me bring Facebook back up. I thought I clicked Facebook. Maybe I did. Okay. So there's a little, there a little ninja painting, all that stuff. Okay. Moving on. Special guest, Louis Sungden, Women in Wargaming panel at Salute. Okay. Uh, Counterblast from our friend uh, Patrick. So Patrick over at um, Bombshell Miniatures uh, has his own game called Counterblast. We'll be covering that in our other show. What's that other channel, Chris? Uh, other Realms. Other Realms. So we'll be covering that, and we'll hopefully get Patrick on. For an interview about not only uh, that game, but his 
many seasons. He he does the sculpting for a lot of miniatures. He actually did the sculpting for the Victoria's miniature that was the giveaway in this year's Adepticon that was sculpted by Patrick. Uh, oh. He he does a lot of pat uh, sculpting for Reaper miniatures as well. All right, let's I'll, check up. I'll chat. go look check that out later. Uh, Tuffy ears. I hear. And then Tuffy yeah. ears asks, "Has Marty's PC finally done for him?" No. He decided he would rather go play with Pew Pews than hang out with us. Well, cool big people. Pew Pews today. He's playing uh, yeah. uh, with shotguns. Yeah. Well, actually, he's so. got the more dangerous side. He's a safety. Yeah, right. All right. So, uh, cigar box battle mats. I had some. Did I give those to you, Chris? No. Well, obviously, I will have to get more. Uh, i really torn about this. I'd love to go to Salute, but obviously can't this year. Um. Oh, speaking of uh, things, I guess I should uh, make that announcement. As of right now, it does not look like I will not be able to attend Little Wars because um, I have to go to, I know it's going to be rough, Chris. I have to go to Orlando for a convention for CEOs and CFOs about healthcare software. Ooh. Yeah. So they're paying for our flight to come down to the company and all that and so I, I'll have to go to a uh, convention on healthcare software in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, we'll still have more fun. Yeah, I know. I wish I was going. So as of right now, that was the last meeting we had on Wednesday. Uh, yet I have not seen anything from the guy because he was supposed to send it out, you know, because it's April 30th. Um, so, all right. You crazy Americans and your guns. Shakes head in disbelief. Yeah, I know. Well, All right, moving on. It's also it's also uh, Marty's full time job, so uh -huh. you know for him to be able to continue playing hobbies, he uh, needs to be able to continue making money. Right. Rubicon yeah. model shows off an M4 Sherman. That looks pretty nice. I, I tell you what, Rubicon. So here's my thing about Rubicon models, and we'll talk about this more on um, Wednesday night. It'll be interesting to get my opinion of whether the Rubicon model is more of a model or a miniature, you know, wargaming piece. Can it hold up to the rigors of wargaming? So we shall see. All right. Moving on. Back here. Uh, Craft World Studios got some Warhammer dude, it looks like. Gungdoms. Death Ray Designs has some stuff up for Battletech. We'll be covering that. Uh, Alejo. Gen Con. I'm not sure what things from the basement. Rear factory release. Uh, you need regular 12-ounce can. Okay, so they got something coming out. Imperial Terrain Group. That's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Uh, Victrix Miniatures. A classic miniature company. Has got some Persians. So, so those people like to paint with color. There you go. Somebody's got some, looks like brass. Miniature War Games magazine. Modifius for Fallout. Some goofy sweatshirt. Uh, Charlie Foxtrot models. It's some new terrain and things. They're a very small company, but they do pretty good. Um, little Ninja Painting. Blaster. Okay. Uh, Firelock Games, Chris. Yep. Oh, hold on. So I've got uh, I've got that model. 
Okay. And if you want, I can go grab it. Uh, but it's beautiful. The detail on it is is uh, stunning. It it really yeah. it really is. I mean, okay. I, I'd go get it and show it to you. Um, you can't see the detail, but it, it is pretty nice. You, it's uh, not only is it a third rate model, but you also it's not the Queen Anne's Revenge. It's Oh, uh, it's one. It's one of the other ones. Uh, Queen Anne. I think it's just a Queen Anne, but you get a couple cards with it. Um, mm -hmm. But again, the the detail is incredible. So uh, we had posted. Somebody had posted some uh, pictures of one of those models. Uh, it might have been that one. They're just how well it's painted, and I, I told Marty that can't be done with yeah. you know human eyes, and he goes. Challenge accepted. So uh, we're gonna have Marty be have Marty painting one of those, yeah. and hopefully cool. he won't go blind doing it. No. Cool. All right. Uh, I think that's we're gonna close out the news with that. Oh, look at these from Rubicon models. The NVA with a, a mortar tube and eighty-two mortar, just. Awesome detail on those. Just awesome detail. Uh, Battlefront, got a report out, Star Trek Adventures, and I think that's pretty much it for today. Free League Publishing is, again, a show uh, topic for the, another show, but they are publishing a rule set compatible for 5e, not just a dependent, but actual Lord of the Rings in 5e, which is pretty cool. Nice. Uh, Dennis asks, is that in one six hundred scale as in the other oak and iron? Yes. Yes, it is. Right, Chris? One yeah. six hundred scale. Yeah, it, it, and that's why it's so amazing, the detail on that thing. Yeah. All right. So, let us transition. What makes a great war game? So, guys in the audience, we really could use your input on this um, because I have Chris. Yeah. You know. Can only get so much of this. I, I know, I know. You know, for me, one of the one of the nice things is if there's not a lot of setup, uh -huh. i.e., eh, maybe uh, pre-painted. You know, because no, you know what? I was gonna say there there's some value into that. What you say, Chris, about pre-paints, um, because you, you get on the table faster. You know. Why yeah. do you think X-Wing was so popular or is still so popular? Yeah. You don't have to paint anything. I know some guys will take them and customize them a little bit, but you can take them right out of the box, yep. get them right on the table, and get playing within 30 minutes or so after reviewing the rules. You know, and the yep. rules aren't that complicated, really. Right. So, well, even even dust. Mm -hmm. Dust were not pre-painted, but they were different colors. Yeah. And they're assembled. Yeah. So they're assembled. So because they're already like a different, uh, all of them were prime different colors. You can actually get in, get in the game and start playing it. And once you find out you like the game, then you'll be motivated to uh, paint them all. Yeah. So Puffiers makes a really good point. Easy to learn rules and nice looking models. Because why do people play mini miniature games? I'm talking miniature games. Because you want the visual aspect of it, right? Um, some people yeah. like the hobby modeling part of it. 
why I like American Civil War or Napoleonics is because I like to see a lot of, you know, colorful models on the table. It, it just, and it gives you this sense of grandeur, you know, this big the sweeping scale. battlefield. The, the so. scale of the battle. Yeah. You know, but you don't want to have to paint, you know, 100,000 guys before you can have a battle. Right. So. Hence, Hence why you have a fun model. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to go that route. Um, e- even for people who already have the free, uh, the models already painted. So our yeah. good friend, uh, Stephen Fratt, um, he has this gorgeous, you've seen it in a uh, past couple of conventions, that gorgeous uh, Gettysburg Day 2 battle, you know, 16 feet long. Yeah. And uh, he had all the lead models and he got rid of them. He went all to the wolf one. Well, for convention and stuff, I don't think he got rid of them. He probably just. No, he sold them. them. Did he really? He, yeah. He, he said he had 40,000 uh, minis that he sold for 10 cents a mini. And he took Good all that night. money and put it into Wolf Hunt. So I, he's got everything. He's got the Warwick's Drift. He's got Napoleonics, and you, you got it all. I think he just told Wolf Hunt, hey, send me one of everything. Crazy. I mean, you know, you think about it, you're doing the grandeur scale is a big thing because you have like Epic, uh, Warlord Games Epic. I'll share their screen here. Yep. But, uh, you know, you've got this. So yeah. you and know, that's a hundred thousand you... people you got to paint. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there there are options. So Chris, you for you, what makes a great war game is pre-assembled, pre-painted. Yeah, well, that's part of it. It's mostly it's whatever it'll take to get people to come together and play. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, I don't want to put a lot of time into some obscure game that we may only play once. Yeah. Right. But if we're gonna if we're gonna play it multiple times, then I'll I'll put the I'll put the time into painting it. Yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings. I I'm taking the time to paint those. I have the Civil War, and I've got mm-hmm. you know maybe one regiment painted. Yeah. And then I went blind. Now I'm in trifocals. <laughs> So we may definitely look at the woe fund for that, but um, right. Yeah, for me, what makes a great war game is that the rules make sense. If yeah, that, if that makes sense, because there are some rules out there that I go like, you do this, then that you got to do this, or you know, we've talked about this at, to ad nauseum, and that's ranges, weapon ranges. You yep. know, modern bi- battlefield. Even let's go into World War Two. Your uh, M1 Grand cannot shoot scale over 100 feet, you know, uh, because, you know, it's what, 12 inches or something. And uh, Dennis, help me on this one. Um, Warlord, I can't remember what the rule is for a rifle, but it, it's sometimes it seems like it limits it. I know why it does it for playability and scale and all that. You don't, you know, you want there to be some tactical thought into it whereas some other games such as skirmish sangin uh specter there really aren't ranges per se you know it's almost a tabletop day because of the scale you know 28 millimeter um 
Well, they're trying I'm to get the, the, whether it's easy enough to hit versus mm -hmm. if you can wound. Yeah. You now, know, so. why is um, bolt action so successful? Uh, reason one, it's easy to understand how to play the game. You know, you start with, everybody starts with a base of three, and then you add or subtract modifiers accordingly for, you know, firing and all that stuff. So once you know how maneuver works and you know how combat works, and it's it's a lower model count, theoretically speaking. Um, to me, I compare it to almost like a version, it's a, it's a historical version of Warhammer in some ways. Um, the models look good. They're not terribly expensive compared to some other companies. And the rules themselves play well, you know, and that's why it, it's been very successful. It's, it, I think a good rule set makes a game. You could have the most gorgeous looking models that are pre-painted, you know, and think about, that's another thing, pre-painted models. I have seen some pre-painted models that you're like, my 12-year-old kid could have done a better job. Um, and then I've seen some really good pre-painted models. Uh, think about Dust Premiums. Those yeah. were actually really well painted. Yeah. Um, so but one of the worst cost, painted... You can almost just get your other stuff uh, commissioned. Yeah. <laughs> some of the other unbelievably terrible uh, pre-paint... There was a game, and... Dawn Shutters, every time I mention the name Gollum Arcana, uh, it was a game that debuted at Gen Con years ago when we were covering Gen Con. And boy, I told you, tell you what, the guy who we interviewed sold me hook, line, and sinker on that game. I was like, oh my God, this is an amazing game. You know, it used a, a stylus and they had an app and, you know, you could figure out your combat. Move. It, after we got the game home and played it a few times, we both looked at each other and go, this is the dumbest game in the world. You don't need the game to play the game. You could just play it on the app, right? And the models were ridiculously expensive. The pre-colors were not good. So, yeah, we played it like two or three times. We put it back in the box and never left the box until we got rid of it to somebody. I don't even know who we gave it to. Which one? Um, Gollum Arcana. Okay. So, I don't know if I ended up with that one. No, I don't, think, I don't think I tortured you with that. Um, you would have yeah. if you had thought about it. But... Yeah. So, I mean, Dawn is probably the, the nicest person you'll meet and doesn't really have a mean bone in her body, but she does. She will have some not nice things to say about that game. Um, but anyway, so what makes a great war game is obviously you have to start with the rules. Two is availability of the game, you know? Uh, nothing like getting a good rule set. You're excited to play it. You get maybe a couple starter sets or starter armies, and then you can't find or get your hands on anything else. Yes, you can proxy models, um, but you know, depending on the game, are they calling for the unique things? And go from there. Uh, thank you. We got a little shout out from Beaver Boy. We appreciate it. So, um, what do you guys think at home? You know, what what drags you into what would what is your favorite war game and why? What is your favorite war game and why? So 
That's a, that's a tough question because you know I could ask Chris, what's your favorite war game? Well, I could tell you. Um, I just grabbed the the book. Um, but you've heard me talk about Steve Fratt, um, Small Deadly Space. Yeah. Um, he is constantly tweaking the rules and making it better. I mean, everything's about playability. It is uh, stupid simple once you once you get through it. Um, uh-huh. He he showed me how to play one round, and you know at that point it was you were ready to go to town. Um, he made it stupid simple because he was teaching, he was using it to teach his military history classes. Sure. And he had to be able to sh- have a game that he could show the rules. And he said, mm-hmm. twenty minutes, I show him the get him going through the rules, and then I just sit back and watch the carnage, which. You know that is that is a mark of a, a good game when when you could just do that, right? Um, and you know, other than that, it's something that you could see and 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 you actually get the sense and the scale of that one. What is the challenge about that one for me is I'm used to skirmish games, you know, mm-hmm. and that is not a skirmish game. No, not by any means. No, but. By any means. Um, once you guys come up next time, you guys come up here. Um, we've been invited over to his place, and uh, he'll we'll put on some good battles. And cool. we can either do uh, Gettysburg or he, he's got Works Drift and his own rule set. So nice, that's awesome. So, for me, the uh, best war game is the one I haven't played yet. Oh, come on. No, it truly is. Okay, maybe of the ones you've played. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot here. Of the ones that you have played. Uh-huh. So of the ones I've played, um, I don't know the name of the rules. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I do not know the name of the rules. But, Chris, I don't remember if you were around or saw when we were in high school. When my dad and my uncle Bob had the big battles of the Civil War in the basement, where we had hundreds of metal minis on the basement floor doing battles, um, I was probably grounded. <laughs> probably were, um, <laughs> but we cast all those minis ourselves and painted them. Um, but I can't remember what the rule set was. But it was—I don't know if it was so much. Okay, let me rephrase that. I don't know if so much of it was the rule set or the experience of being able to play that kind of game with my dad and my uncle, you know, to be included in their gaming group. Because, um, you know, they were pretty heavy war gamers in the day. They, a lot of it was Avalon Hill stuff. You know, they did a lot of Panzer Lead or Panzer Blitz and that kind of stuff. Um, but we got included once in a while. And so that, as a miniatures war game, was always amazing. Um, or yeah, we well, played you're... Circus Maximus. And Avalon Hill Circus Maximus, which is such a fun group game. There's nothing better than racing chariots around the Circus Maximus and, you know, running people over or smashing other chariots and killing people or dragging them with horses. It's such a great time. Great time. Dawn loves that game. So Nice. Um, and your dad was a big war gamer because he was also a CW5 flying Hueys for uh, the SF guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, 
but you know to answer your question to be fair games i currently play um i mean i guess i could say dust because it made sense it was easy to play um you know and you could play it both ways you could play grid or you could play free but you know since it's not in production anymore and i gave all my dust stuff away um works drift yeah you know um i want to uh, readdress really yeah uh because we've played we've played the rule set we played which was um the men who would be kings right yeah that was the rule set we used yep and then jerry has a rule set jerry from peace of war on tabletop when we went to ireland and played rourke's drift there see i will go anywhere in the world to play rourke's drift just saying um we used his own homebrew set of rules based on another i don't remember who it was based on uh, but and um it, it was a card mechanic for activation kind of like we did chris you know it was kind of a hybrid uh, but it played really well i honestly chris i want to create our own rule set because i don't feel the men who be kings addressed this the uh feel of the zulus as truly as it happened uh, because right. look at i mean how many times did we knock back your whole mp yeah right yeah yeah, my I got um, one or two guys killed, uh, killed, and then well, you know the other thousand of them go, "Hey, whoa, hey, let's yeah. back up." What do you but mean? to be fair, in some ways that was actually accurate based upon the book I I showed you all earlier, Rourke's mm -hmm. Drift. Uh, he explains in great detail the attacks and how the Zulu would, you know, like in the movie, you see them at, at the beginning, they rush up, they drop, that you know, they shoot. And they were doing these probing, and and the the defenders were like, why aren't they attacking? You know, that was truly to feel out um, their firepower, and then they would rush. They lose some guys, they'd fall back because you know, were was it worth the attack? So there was some accuracy there, but I still don't feel we truly right. represented the Zulu MP attacks as well as we could have. So right. I would like to explore that um, well, as and well. You know, the thing is, it would have made sense if we tried those tactics and got the same thing. Yeah. You know, if we were only attacking from one side or this side or that side. But Marty and I, like, damn the casualties. We're taking this. Yeah. We don't care if we lose everyone. We're taking it. Yeah. And so we, we put all 4,000 people on you at one time. Yeah. And so... We killed what two of yours? Uh, no, you took out a whole um, oh, section, bad, but... Lieutenant Arndorf, which I have learned may or may not have done very well. Hi, Ma, uh, at uh, <laughs> at um, Rourke Strip. So there's question about how heroic he was at Rourke Strip. There's a question if he was actually even in the battle. Some people think he actually ran when some of the other people ran after because he came from Islanwana uh, at at that when they were getting wiped out. He actually escaped with his sergeant and came to Rourke Strip to warn them. But if you read Shard's letters, which are in there, he does an after action report to the queen and does it again a few years later. Because the queen Victoria asked him to recount the battle. So 
in his letters, he says Lieutenant Arendorf did an uh, outstanding job of helping to protect the drift. Uh, but then there's others that question that accuracy. So it's very interesting. Um, yeah. But, and you know, Steve Fratt, I was ahead. talking to him about it. Um, uh-huh. And he's and I was talking about, you know, some of the things I didn't like about the rule set that we played. And he's like, well, yeah, it was very it's more realistic because what you saw, it, what you what you don't see is where the melee bags were. That was nine feet up because of the the step they put the melee bags right in. So these guys actually had to climb up nine yeah. feet, yeah. and then they were easily shot. It wasn't just yeah. a, a small level of melee bags like we had in our game. Yeah. Um. And so th- it was a lot more realistic, and it was a lot harder to actually get up to that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, that, the one wall we had right on the ravine edge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah, no, he's uh, totally right. Totally right. Yeah. Um, Tuffy Ears, what game are you going to be playing? He says in two weeks' time, you get to play your first game since lockdown. What will you be playing? So getting back to other things, um, you know, another great rule set, and I have not had a chance to play a ton of it, uh, is Battle Group. Jim does a really great job of highlighting Battle Group, uh, you know, for World War II. Um. Oh, oh, Tuffy Ears is going 40k. Um, at Warhammer World, outstanding. So, I have to get Chris and Marty to come over to Europe. Like that'll ever happen. Hey, uh, we can go... I'll be there. You well, let me know. Well, you think when... Donna's gonna let Marty go to Europe? Come on. No, I said I'll be there. <laughs> And we should go play Lord of the Rings at Warhammer World. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, yeah. if you want to do some traveling, let's go play uh, Rourke's Drift at... Uh, Rourke's Drift? Rourke's Drift, yeah. That would be so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That would be really cool. I've never been to South Africa. I'd love to go. But, yeah, that would be freaking cool. I, I, I think that would be, like, the pinnacle... The pinnacle of my war gaming career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, tough years. What? Hey, Rasmus is in house. Good morning, sir. We're just talking about the best war games out there, or what makes a great war game. Rasmus, what is your favorite rule set or game? Tough years. What faction do you play in 40k? And is it something that we should look at? We will. We'll cover it on the other channel, if you haven't heard, called The Other Realms. So that will cover everything sci-fi, fantasy, weird, and whatnot. Yeah. Anything that's not historical. We'll definitely have so, uh, content for uh, Age of Sigmar. Right? Oh, Steve Herner, right? He yeah. said he wants to be part of the project. Yeah. Maybe we can get him to do some painting vids. Man, is insane. Uh, yeah, and Insane is the word. <laughs> Tuffy Ears is playing squats. Chris, do you know what squats are? Nope. They're space dwarves. Ah, okay. I am a uh, a Tau person yep. myself with Groots. 
So. Oh, mother. <laughs> I'm a I'm a uh, space space wolves type of guy. Uh -huh. So. Oh, yeah, I just like the stompy robots. I think I like cool. I like wolves. So. Rasmus says, at the moment, I would go Blood and Plunder or my old favorite, Drop Zone Commander. That's how uh, I, you know, we met Rasmus years ago, originally, Don and I, at Salute. Um, we had, uh, He was there for Salute when he was living over in England, and um, he was at a backstage meetup. Ooh, that was our good times. Good times. The stories I could tell you would make your hair curl. Um, yeah, good time. And he plays Infinity and Drop Zone. Drop Zone Commander, Chris, if you've never played it, it's a really good game. It actually is. It's 10 mil space, um, game or planet assault game. It's really good. It really, you have Drop Fleet, which is the space, and you have Drop Zone, which is space coming onto planets to, you know, fight them out. It's actually a really good game. Um, okay. Our friend Dave, who actually created the game, um, sold it to... Who did he sell it to? Rasmus, help me out here. Um, poor old Dave. That was such a good game. It really was. Um, still is, but I don't know if he's even involved anymore. But um, <laughs> It's good stuff. Um, let's see. Rasmus. My liver might have started to cover after those meetups. True, 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 true. Uh, and then TT Combat. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, now we're stealing I... too much content but... from Don's channel. No, we're not. We aren't okay. stealing anything. We're just talking about games at this point. All right, we're getting we're wetting the appetite, shall we say? All right, so I have to ask. How is Star Wars or Star Trek? Sorry, how is uh, Star Trek game? I haven't played it yet. I've been reading the stuff. I, dude, I have been so busy. It's not funny. I had to travel three hours each way to go to another hospital on Wednesday to do some meetings. So I mean, it's been crazy busy. So uh, you were running yeah. from the emus, weren't you? The emus. No, okay. that's in Australia. No, no. There was one that got loose in uh, Tennessee, and it led uh, the police on a 30-minute chase. Oh, did it really? And where was that at? <laughs> over, by Knox, that. over by Knoxville. Oh, gotcha. I saw emus running loose in Tennessee. I'm like, oh, Phil. <laughs> mm. Dennis says he has the Imperial Fists, the Imperial Knights, and Mechanicus. I, I think the Imperial Fists and Imperial Knights are Space Marine type guys, right? And Mechanicus, I don't know who that was. I'm assuming the robot stompy kind of guys or androids or something like that. I'm not a big 40k. My brother is a huge 40k player. Yeah. Huge. Are you going to get uh, him in uh, the other channel? I would like to if he's willing. I mean, I mean why not? Yeah. You know, everybody's got their specialty. So. Mine but, is a uh, morning painting. Yeah, but you went to all those classes. No, I and yeah, no, I actually I I enjoyed it. That was uh, buy a mug. That was a that buy was merch. A, yep, that Go was ahead, a first for sorry. me. Uh, I actually enjoyed the hours that I spent painting. 
You can Fair get enough. yourself a new SitRep Podcast mug, full color. Or you can get the SitRep Podcast t-shirt. Anyway, moving on. Uh, DZ Chats. Uh, what Star Trek game you got for SitRep 6? Oh, it's the RPG game. Uh, uh, Rasmus yeah. says, I could see you using Drop Zone Commander for a modern game using helicopters for insertion into the building. You know, that's like actually a great idea, Rasmus. Um, converting the rules for uh, Drop Zone Commander to play in historical moderns. You could easily do it because it has tanks, it has aircraft, it has infantry. So it would just be a matter of conversion. That would be a good thing to explore. Damn it, that means I got to go buy a Drop Zone Commander rule book. Since I get, well, all the ones I had were the old ones. I mean, I got mine from the Kickstarter. Remember the Kickstarter, Erasmus, where you got a ton of stuff for Drop Fleet? So, um, yeah. Yes, Tough Ears, the uh, coffee mugs do make your coffee taste better. That's true. That's true. Um, It'd be cool. nice if they were more, you know, like gigantic. But Speaking of gigantic, I'm going to go totally off the rails because Chris did it. Don and I have found a Mexican restaurant down here. It's literally like a mile and a half from our house down here in Tennessee. I shit you not. Excuse my language. They have the super tall mugs. I got a mug of Dos Equis, $4.95. Very nice. So I had the super tall mug of Dos Equis. Don had two margaritas. We had fajitas for two plus dessert, 45 bucks. And an Uber. Wait a minute, you got the board cube? Puppy ears, putting you on the list. Oh. I They didn't have any. I, when Chris and Marty picked up this uh, set for me from Adepticon, they did not have any of the board cube left. So I missed out. I should have gotten it years ago. And I just, you know, I was like, do I really need one more RPG? But But you know somebody at Modifius. I do. I know two people at Modifius. I know Chris. The owner of Modifius. Well, and uh, I know Greg. Yeah. So. And Alicia. She was there, right? Yes, yeah, she was. Well, I didn't know if she was uh, employed by them or, or she was just. I, I'm not sure. She may have just been there helping out. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him. I'll have to reach out to him. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Get 50% of the Kickstarter painted 10 years later. True. There was a ton of stuff in that Kickstarter. Unfortunately, I think that was Dave's undoing. That Kickstarter. It seems to be the common theme. You know, you get these Kickstarters from these very small companies. And, uh, whew. wait a minute. How is that possible? Puppy ears. You're talking about the Borg Cube edition? She got number one. What the hey? So, but getting back to the historical side. We're going to have to really start getting done up and going for our uh, other fish service here. Uh, yeah. If you guys don't know, I'll only show it one more time. The Rep podcast, Other Realms. Uh, Don will actually be uh, on the podcast for that because we will have a podcast and plus other content. Uh, Jim is going to be handling the historical side with some help from us. But uh, where do we find Sit Rep merch these days? Well, my friend. Let me bring that up for you. Uh, and importantly, where do we find other realms merch these days? 
I haven't gotten that far yet. Good God. You act like you have a job. I do. I so do. You need a real self-driving car so you can work on the way to and from. I mean, you know, do this stuff on yeah. the way to and from. Um, You know what? That's a good question. Where can we get merch these days? Do I have it here? <laughs> I don't think I do. Um, buy well, merch. I have so many... We don't know where, but buy Ooh. merch. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is it Teespring? Oh, damn it. Um, you know, when we had the website up, you could just link right into the website. Um, I feel stupid right now. That is crazy. Okay, hold on. I will get it. Uh, so not, Tough Years didn't get the first one, but she got uh, one of the ones from the first run. Gotcha. Shopify? Was it? Sh oh no, here it is. Huh? I feel like an idiot. All right, here it is. Pace. There we go. Sit rep podcast supply room. You can get T-shirts here. I'll even show you the page, just so you know it's real. Sure. So you can get t-shirts, the mugs with our custom logo uh, for War Gamers Wear. Uh, the t-shirt, which has the set red podcast on one side. You can get the classic t-shirt, the classic mug. You can get the sit rep tumbler or glass. You can get the famous, the long story short, pint glass, the tumbler, full color. There you go. Perfect. You Stuff still here. need the uh, shot glasses. I know. I know. Still using the sit rep Stein often for coffee while at work. Oh, yeah, the classic Stein. We might have to bring those back. Yeah, because Windows, the new channel these little coffee cups are coffee cups. No, no, no. You know, this, you know. And especially with my new coffee machine that actually makes everything. Grinds the beans, presses the beans. Steeps it. It makes lattes, cappuccinos, macchiatos, coffee, cafe au lait, you know. So, all right. Uh, answering some other questions. When does the new channel start? Soon, I hope. Is the yes. best question. But he has been saying soon for a while. I've been a little busy. I'm just saying. Am I wrong, though? Am I wrong saying that you've been promising this? No, no. He's a tough Thanks, tough years. I appreciate your support. <laughs> Very good. Very nice. Oh, boy. Anyway. Marty will appreciate right. that. Yeah. So, guys, um, it's been grand hanging out with you. Uh, we're going to yeah. close up the show as we come up to our one-hour mark. Um, tough years, I promise I will get something uh, out announcing the new show. I'm, I'm hoping for a June 1 start. June 1. I need coffee-flavored coffee by the bucket. Sounds like Marty. Yep. Rasmus and Marty. So. Yeah, he yeah I'm hoping for a June 1st start on that. 
I want to get the all the graphics, everything done. I want to get a couple programs in the can before we even start, so we're not playing the game of catch up. So we'll go from there. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining Chris and I for the Sit Rep Podcast. I hope it's been an enlightening Saturday morning or afternoon, depending on where in the world you are. Uh, we do appreciate your support. We appreciate you following along with us. We, of course, always appreciate your participation in the conversation. Most and of the time. Until, yep. Most of the time. <laughs> until we see you next time. For yeah. Chris, this is Bill. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. You are listening to the Citrep Podcast, your source for everything related to historical wargaming. Whether you are looking for the latest wargaming news, reviews, painting tutorials, or playthroughs, you will hear about it right here. So grab your favorite beverage or brush and let's hit it.